0: of honor or something that full, full of honor amen thank you very much let's put hands together for the two of them for sister and the brother let's put hands together for them you can't come out some people came out <laughs> hallelujah yes um the title of today's message is taller words spooky hallelujah <laughs> toller words bookie amen um the reason why i called those people out thank god i suppose there is no taller brother in the house. So that uh, by the time we're going to deal with that name, they won't um, take Pastor Kola for an enemy of Tola's. Hallelujah. And that's why I call that is a bookie. Amen. So I will start from the meaning of the Tola we read in Judges chapter 10 and the meaning of the bookie we read in First Chronicles. Hallelujah. So that you know that we are not talking about the Tola's that are your friends. Hallelujah. Or the bookies that are your friends. Amen. Now Tola simply means um, warm. Worm. W-O-R-M. Worm. Something like earthworm, praise the Lord. That's the meaning of that Thola that you saw there. Amen. And Buki means wastage. Hallelujah. Buki means wastage or wasting. Hallelujah. Could mean wastage, could mean wasting. In the Hebrew. And that's the meaning of the names we have there. So everything we say about Tola today or about Buki today, don't have a brother or a sister in your mind. Hallelujah. But this message is meant to... Serve two purposes. I told you that we are handling into relationship week, amen. And so we're putting like, um, you know, waiting our appetite for things to come along in the week, amen. Um, the Lord is said to do some great and mighty things. I, 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 it's so strong, Hallelujah! It's so, it's so, so, so strong. I, I was telling some people that, um, you know, at gatherings like that, you know, afterwards you see some people that are engaged. They go to break their relationships, amen. By virtue of the dealings of God upon their lives, and then some people that are not engaged, you know, they get a clearer understanding of um, what God wants for them, and that's the truth. And thank God for the theme of the relationship week, marital and ministry, marriage and ministry. It's it's deep, Amen. But we are not just talking about that. There is something. Okay, let's let's go back to Judges chapter ten. There is something I want to quickly say about those two people. Tola, words, bookie. Now, I believe in the course of the message, you get to understand. Hallelujah. So I've explained the meaning of the name Tola. So let's start with Tola, let's deal with Tola first, then we'll go to Buki. Um, If you go back to that, um, Judges 10, Bible says um, after Abimelech died, you know, Tola came up, I'm paraphrasing, so he took over from Abimelech. Two Sundays ago there, about or three, I was ministering and um, we talked about the broken picture, hallelujah, and uh, we mentioned a particular man, Gideon, hallelujah, and then we talked about that, you know, Gideon had a silent chapter in his life, how that, um, he did lots of exploits but there was a silent chapter the Bible says he had concubines and then besides the fact that he had concubines there was a particular concubine that gave birth to a, a bastard for him by the name of Abimelech. amen are we together and um, Abimelech you know grew up to become you know and when he dug bad, hallelujah when he grew up you know Gideon had 71 sons, 70 sons plus the bastard, hallelujah. And that single bastard, Bible says, killed all the remaining 70 sons, except the last one that escaped for his life, hallelujah. You can know how ruthless he was. And he did that to usurp authority. Many of the theologians will never agree that Abimelech was a judge. They don't list him as part of the judges in Israel, because he was not meant to be judged. He usurped authority, and um, he revolted. And he led for quite um, a number of years. Hallelujah. He led, he led for quite, I think, three years, thereabouts. He led for about three years. He judged for about three years. But we can't really say he judged. Because all through, there were lots of things he did and all that that were not right. Hallelujah. So when a next king should be coming, or a next judge rather, should be coming, I was expecting a man that would see the need to put some many restorations in place. Hallelujah. Put some, you know, put things back in the place where they should be. But all we have about this man, Tola, Worm, in Judges chapter 3, are we there again? All he did, all he did was in that, those two verses. And after Abimelech they arose to defend Israel, Tola, the son of War, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shami, a month of Ephraim, and he judged Israel for 23 years, and he died, and was buried in Shammah. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of us would like that kind of um, a biography for our life. I don't think it's, it doesn't make sense. Hallelujah. He just came, he saw, and did nothing. Prior to him, there have been lots of judges, starting from Othniel. Othniel was like, he was related to Caleb. Hallelujah. And Othniel did his own part. He judged Israel. He conquered, um, he conquered the, the Moabites. Hallelujah. He delivered Israel from Mesopotamia. Praise the Lord. You know, every time in Judges, the cycle is that, you know, this, the children of Israelites, they will forsake God, and then God will subject them to some people to rule over them. And then God will, they, will, they will get to a point where they will get to the end of themselves. They will cry to God. God will give them a judge. The judge will deliver them from those people that are oppressing them. And immediately thereafter, they will go back again, turning their backs to God. And the cycle continues like that. Then God will send in another deliverer. That's how it has always been throughout the book of Judges. So, now they were, I, I believe, under some, in the, time of, um, in the time of, as at the time of the man before Tola Gideon. It was the Midianites that was oppressing them. Amen. And of course, we knew how many things Gideon did. Gideon's story spanned over two or three chapters in Judges. Because he did a lot of things. God dealt with his life. The Spirit of God came upon him. And he won a battle with just pitchers, touchlights, and trumpets. Hallelujah. Amen. So he did something. And um, now we're going to be looking more closely into what could have been wrong in the life of Tola. Hallelujah. And then we'll still go back to see that of Buki. And then you see that it's going to be a very great disaster if there should be any brother, Tola, marrying to a sister. I'm not talking of Tola's and Buki's here. Amen. If there should be anybody like that, Tola, now getting married to someone like that, Buki, ah, it's, it's a disaster. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So one of the things that we know, at least we can work with the things we know about the man. One of the things that um, we know about Tola is that the um, Bible says he's a man of Issachar. Hallelujah. Did you see that in your Bible? Judges 10.1. The man of Issachar, and when we talk about men of Issachar, the first thing that comes to mind is this verse that talks about them understanding the times and seasons. If we read First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-two, you can open there. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-two. First Corinthians twelve, thirty-two it says, "And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do." Hallelujah. So if there was someone that should have known the need of Israel at that point in time when they have just been delivered as it were, or when an oppressor, a usurper, has just died, it should be Tola. Hallelujah. But Tola did not know. Because if he did, he would have done something and it would have been documented. Hallelujah. But all we know is that he came, he died after 23 years. Another thing about men of Issachar is that they have this disposition to service. When Jacob was going to die he was prophetically for his people. You can go to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49. I believe we are putting down one or two things. We are getting somewhere. and I'll try to be as fast as I could. You know, there's the temptation to want to talk too much on issues like this, but we're trusting God to be very time conscious. Hallelujah. Genesis 49. Are we there? If you are there, praise the Lord. Oh, we're waiting for some people. Genesis 49. I'll read from verse 14. It says, Hisaka is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. And verse 15 says, And he saw that rest was good, and the land that it was pleasant, and bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant unto tribute. There's a slight dimension to the men of Issachar that we saw again. Prophetically, I said, this man, Jacob, was prophetically declaring blessings and maybe courses as well over his children. At least Reuben had something close to a course. Hallelujah. And when he got to Issachar, he, was, he said, Issachar is a strong house. Has donkey, as in talking of all these beast of burdens, hallelujah, they are disposed to serve. So there is that part of Tola that should actually be disposed to serve, if he is indeed a son of the soil. You get what I'm talking about? If he is indeed a man of Issachar, hallelujah. But um, verse 15 says, And he saw that rest was good, and that the land was pleasant, and bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant unto tributes. He saw that rest was good. Rest. Thank God for the message the second took sometimes before the break. leaving your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Many people rest when they shouldn't be resting. The, the, the young prophet was resting when he shouldn't be resting. That was why the old man, old prophet could catch up with him. Hallelujah. Amen. We are looking very serious. Ah, okay, it's good. Tola bookie. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say Tola bookie. Okay, ask your neighbor, are you Tola? Or are you booky? <laughs> Amen. So that's one of the things we know. And the second thing, let's go back to that judges thing. Just don't close that judges thing for now. That's our focus. At least Plenty the time that we deal on this tola of a man. Actually, actually, really, when I check the pronunciation of the name, it's not meant to be tola. But you know, that's the easiest way to pronounce it for people like us. It's something like tola. Amen. It's something that sounds like tola. But um, I'm not an Hebrew. I'm a Yoruba man, so let me pronounce it the way. But Buki, the pronunciation is Buki. It's just like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Second thing we know, Bible says, and he dwelt in Shamer in Mount Ephraim. Did you see that in your Bible? Judges 10, 1. He dwelt in Shamer in Mount Ephraim. Now we read that Tolah was a man of Issachar. Amen. And of course, the land was distributed for all of them. Praise the Lord. All the tribes. Issachar had their portion of the land. Ephraim had their portion of the land and all that. And then we saw this man that was meant to be a man of Issachar dwelling in Shamer, somewhere in Ephraim. Hallelujah. In the month of Ephraim. So in other words not even at home. Do you get what I'm talking about? It's not where it should be. It's somewhere else. It's somewhere out there. It's somewhere in Ephraim. Why? Perhaps because Ephraim is in the center of the, of the, of the territory. You know they said about these men of Issachar, they said they saw that rest was good. And that the land was pleasant. Perhaps Ephraim was so good a place or befitting a place or tempting a place for him to leave his own portion of land in Issachar and go to dwell in Ephraim. Hallelujah. For him to leave his room in Angola and go and dwell in Faj. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Angola is a very good place. I stayed there for two years. Twelve people in a room and it was wonderful. Hallelujah. For two years. Two years. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're seeing something, perhaps, or some things, as short as the story of this man is, we're seeing some things about him. He's a man of Issachar, but I don't think he lived like one. And um, he's meant to be a man of Issachar, dwelling in the portion of the land of Issachar, but he's dwelling in the mountain of Ephraim. Hallelujah. Okay, so he's wrongly located, and then... Maybe he saw that rest was good. That was another, perhaps, another thing that we don't know about him. Now, the question I want to ask, which is the question we're actually going to be asking ourselves today, is what excuse does this man have not to have made an impact? Now, I know there are some things that might still be going on in your mind. Actually, should is the Bible, and um, for instance, you know, John was saying towards the end of the story of Jesus, in the last chapter of John, he said, if everything that Jesus did was to be recorded, Hallelujah. He says all the books put in this world together cannot contain it. Amen. And of course, if if everything this man did in his 23 years, even if he was sleeping and waking up, if you write sleeping, he slept today, he woke up, he slept, he woke up for 23 years. You can imagine how many books that you will use. Amen. You know, there are some teachers in secondary school and they want to punish you. They will tell you, go and write, I'm sorry, buy a new 40 leaves. Write I'm sorry until from the beginning of the (laughs) first page to the last page. And then come and submit. Amen. You can know how tedious and boring that kind of an assignment will be. Amen. And that was the kind of life this man led. But what excuse or excuses does he have? Now let's 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 do a study together. Just a brief study. Let's be prepared to open some scriptures. Now the first question I will ask is that is it the writer of judges that decided not to mention any accomplishments that he made? You know, everything that every all that the writer of judges devoted to the story of Tola was just two verses. Amen. But that is not an excuse. Let's open to Judges chapter 3, verse 31. We will see a judge there. That all that was said of him was in just one verse. But the accomplishment he made was also in that verse. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 3, I believe we're there. Verse 31. Bible says, And after him was Shamgar, the son of Hanath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox guard. And he also delivered Israel. Amen. The main assignment of every judge That reigned in Israel is to deliver Israel from their oppressor. This man fulfilled that. Even though everything he did was summed up in just one verse, but we saw it. He was a man that slew 600 Philistines. You think easy. And not just with anything, not with a gun. Not like Jack Bauer. Amen. Hallelujah. Not like James Bond. Hallelujah. But with an ox god. A very crude instrument, I must say. Very, very crude. Of which it doesn't. Physically, Anox God doesn't carry that ability, seeing it, you would, you would almost have not even recognized that there was anything around. And he was a man that used Anox God to kill 600. It's not an easy thing. Hallelujah. And he did that, and he delivered Israel. He was fulfilled. That's just the, that's the story. He was fulfilled. He had an assignment, and he did the assignment. And everything was said in just one verse, even, even if the writer were to be in a hurry. Hallelujah. He still mentioned what this man did. Amen. Or was it that the time was too short for Tola to do something? He reigned for how many years, for goodness sake? Twenty-three years. Abba. Hallelujah. Jephthah reigned for six years. And we know what Jephthah did. Hallelujah. Today we refer to it in church. There people that would that reigned for lesser years. There was, there was one that reigned for five years. There about. Okay, six years. Six years is the lowest. Six years is the lowest. And that's Jephthah. The next is seven. Seven years. He too did something. Although we are still going to get to that side. You know, there are some people there too that they did something but what they did was nonsense. Hallelujah. But you know why Tola's case was worse? We'll get there. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> now the next man after Tola, go back to Judges 10. Are we still there? The next one after Tola, Judges chapter 10, is Jair, or Jair whichever way you want to pronounce it. J-A-I-R. I'm not um, an Hebrew. Praise the Lord. It's Paul that said I'm a hebrew of hebrews but me i'm not an hebrew or a hebrew as the case maybe i don't know they, someone read the write-up the said then, some people are particular about correcting pastors so if i taboo and you correct me it's your own benefit amen <laughs> praise the lord yeah from verse three and after him arose ja a gileadite and he judged israel 22 years just a, a year lesser than that of Tola. and Bible says now he had 30 sons Ah, you said A. Gideon had 70. You didn't say anything about that one. He' said not just 30. And Solomon, we don't even know the number. Hallelujah. <laughs> now he had 30 sons. Who rode on? 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns, which are called Avot jer to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jer died and was buried in Camel. You know, this man too, he did almost nothing. All we read of was, he had 30 sons. We don't even know how many sons Tola had. Maybe he was even an impotent. Only God knows. I'm not taking it personal with this man, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely there was a lot of things wrong with to Brother Tola. Abba. Abba. Amen. Um, okay, back to what we are saying. 30 sons. And then this man <laughs> gave each of his sons donkeys. You can imagine. That's, that's simply, you know, something like prestige without purpose. Hallelujah. I mean, there are people that have reigned that delivered the Israel. They went to battle. They fought. Someone killed 600 with an ox god. Othniel, Othniel led them. He delivered them from Mesopotamia. The next man from Othniel, I think he was Ehud. The Bible says he's a left-handed man. And he went in and he killed king, king Eglon. Hallelujah. He was a left-handed man. Then they see being left-handed as kind of a weakness. Hallelujah. But out of that, in fact, almost all the judges, there is something that God saw as like a weakness in them before he could use them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because God doesn't call the perfect. He perfects the person that he called. Amen. All God needs is availability. That's why I had to deal with Gideon very well. until if Gideon got to that point and here I am, send me. Hallelujah. So he, he this man who did virtually nothing. Prestige. You know, you had 30 sons. And each of them you bought a donkey for them. Can you imagine when they want to go out together to stroll and all of them are riding out of the palace. Bounce. Hallelujah. Gagaon. Nigerian film. <laughs> You know, you know, I was in the kitchen of recent at home, not on campus, and I just, it just came to my mind that they, they were seeing a movie and something happened, and I heard Gaga, and I was like, ah! <laughs> All this Gaga Gaga in Nigerian films. It is well. But that's not where we're going. No, indeed, when they come out of the palace like that, it could be a good sight to behold 30 donkeys riding out, and everybody be like, Gaga, the king is coming with his people. But those 30 donkeys are useless donkeys with useless people riding on them. Hallelujah. Jesus rose a donkey. He rode on a donkey. And Bible says people came and they spread clothes on the ground for him to ride ride upon. Because that's a man of purpose. Hallelujah. But all these 30 donkeys were just gagao, gagao. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Lord will help you. The Lord will help me. Ask your neighbor, are you a taller? Or are you a bookie? Or option C, none of the above. And option D, all of the above. (laughs) That would be very bad. Very, very bad. Hallelujah. So there are lots of people like that that indeed they still reigned and did stops, but what they did is not so meaningful. But we we'll still see why the case was a very pathetic one. Now the second, you know, we just finished considering the first excuse. Was it that the person that was writing judges just decided, you know, since it's just two verses, I have to tell the story of this man. Let me re- skip the things he did. I'm sure that is, that was not the reason. Amen. If he had done something, it would have been there. Now, could it be the name, the name, Tola Worm, not Tola of Honor oh now, no. Tola Worm, Worm, Arno, Worm, all those worms, you know, they are so insignificant, in fact, when one is passing by, passing by you don't really, you don't pay attention, do you what I'm talking about? So, could it be the name that was worrying him? My name, my name, my identity. No, let me do. Anything. If I, if I, if I build a build a bridge today, they will say, ah, that worm build a bridge. If I went to fight a battle, they will say that worm fought a battle. And if in case I lost, they will say it's because I'm a worm that I lost. You know, it's just like could it be the name? But you know, there have been a th- there was a Tola before in the Bible. Hallelujah! Before his own Tola. Now let's let's do a journey together to Genesis. Is it is it Genesis? First Chronicles. Yeah, let's go back to First Chronicles. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now we said Tola was a man of Issachar. And you now be surprised that, in fact, part of the founding fathers of that generation had borne that name before. And he was a reasonable man. Now, are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 7? Hallelujah. Let's read the first two verses. Issachar's four sons were Tola, Pua, Jashob, and Shimron. Now, Tola's sons were Uzi, Rephaiah, Jeriel, Jamai, Ibsam, and Shemuel. These men were heads of the families of Tola. They were soldiers grouped according to their ancestry. In David's day, there were 22,600 of them. Now, if you read that in KJV, call them men, valiant men. Am I right? Men that did valiantly. Now, that tolerated a people that they understood purpose. Hallelujah. A people that they understood destiny. And They were focused. As many as they were, 22,600, they were men that were valiant. Hallelujah. So if it was to be because of the name, someone has borne that name before and he did something reasonable. So it's not the name. And after all, it's not even what people call you that matter. It's what God calls you. Amen? If you are not happy with your name, I don't know. But I know there are people like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes I don't like people calling me (laughs) Shayo Because I said it's feminine. Amen. Hallelujah. But I like the name. I've appreciated the name. Uluwashiya, oh, you for me. How blessed God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it's not, it's not about what people call you. That was, that was one thing God had to deal with in Jacob's life, you know, when he was fighting with that angel. And the man asked him, what is your name? You know, he was saying that he should bless me. I won't let you go until you bless me. And now to bless him, the question the man was asking was, well, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. What he was simply telling the angel was, I am who people call me. I am who people say I am. And the angel said, no, you are not that. You are Israel. Israel means one that has fought with God and conquered. He represents a soldier of God. Amen. That's the meaning of the word Israel. And that's what God sees him to be. Amen. Oh, bless God. <laughs> Hallelujah. My time is psh, speed of light. Hallelujah. So it's, it's not what people call you that matters. There was a time in my department, they called me departmental baby. Up to part three. In fact, part four four, first semester. But the next day after choice, and all of them got to know that I call I was president of tax. The thing just changed. Pastor, 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 and all that. Hallelujah. So it's not what they call me that matters. Come departmental baby, from now to tomorrow. It doesn't change who I am. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's that's what that's what you should. Bible says you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You are who God says you are, not what people say you are. Hallelujah. Not what circumstances say you are, not, not what conditions of this present time say you are. So you that should not be an excuse. Your identity should, that shouldn't be an excuse. Find your identity in God and you'll see that um, the sky is the limit. We've read of Jabez very many times. Let's go to that First Corinthians chapter 4. We'll see something again. We'll see something. Now I want you to just try and see what I'm seeing. Hallelujah. Just let's see what I'm seeing. Let, let me put it that way. First Corinthians chapter 4. I know that we are shuffling between First Chronicles and Judges. So those two books, don't really close them. You can put your finger in one and let's just be switching. First Chronicles 4, I will read from verse 5. Now, the story of Jabez is in verse 9. But just notice a trend from verse 5 to verse 8. And then notice the trend that continues from verse 11 downwards. So we'll read from verse 5 to 11. I will rush through. It says, And Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Elah and Nara. Nara bare him Awzam, and Epha and Temeni, and Ahasha three. These were the sons of Nara. And the sons of Elah were Zereth, and Jezoah, and Ethnan. And Cos begat Anub, and Zobeba, and the families of Ar, the son of Harum. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested and Caleb, the brother of Shuaya, begat Mei, which was the father of Eshton. Do you notice something like that? Jabez's story was just snatched as in, kind of kept in between some burning stories. Amen. This one gave back to this and this one gave back to And when they got to Jabez, the man had to pause. We don't even know if it was part of, if it was part of the children of Kohs or something. All we just saw was, and Jabez. You know, the man was perhaps too ecstatic to write about that thing about that man that he even forgot to tell us who he was associated with. Hallelujah. Or the offspring that he had. Because he got there and was like, oh, oh, and Javis. This man, he had a problem with his identity. Well, he took it to God. Hallelujah. And he was a prosperous man. So it's not your identity. that It's not what people call you that matters. It's what you call yourself. Hallelujah. Tell anybody say, I am who God says I am. That's why when we start the service, we say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. And that's the truth. It's what the Bible calls you that matter. Let's leave Tola for a while and go to Bookie because My time is running off. Let's go to bookie 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 bookie. <sighs> now, um, that was first chronicles chapter six. Am I right? Yes, um, I'll read from verse five to ten from that of bookie to verse ten. Reason being that in verse ten, we'll see why. Because if you started from if you start from um the first verse in chapter six, it's also that kind of trend. This one gave out to this and this. It's chronicles, so chronicles is just you no know, records and records, history and history. But when they got to verse ten. So I am of this opinion that it's not that this, the person that was writing Chronicles, as it were, when you see someone that is unpopular, but the person matters, it will take time to say something about that person because the person actually mattered. And you have no excuse not to matter. That's where we are actually going. But I want to just create this background. Now as for Chronicles 6 I read from verse 5 to 10, and Abishwa begat Buki, and Buki begat Uzi, Uzi begat Zeriah, Zeriah begat Merait, Merait begat Amariah, Amariah begat Aitob, Aitob begat Zadok, Zadok begat Ahimas, Ahimas begat Azariah, Azariah begat Joanan, and Joanan begat Azariah. And then a bracket was opened because of this man. He, it is that executed the priest's office in the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem. And then he continued the trend again. This one begat that. Hallelujah. Now that Azariah was also still mentioned if you read Second Chronicles 26 you will see what he did. I will just read from he don't open the Second Chronicles 26 17 to 20. And Azariah that man the priest went in after Uzziah king Uzziah and with him first course priests of the Lord 80 people that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appartens not unto thee, King Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thy honor from the Lord God. Now there was a king that was reigning then. And the king wanted to overstep his band, switching from his kingly role to a priestly role. And he went into the temple, he wanted to burn incense. But Azariah, a man that understood purpose. A man that understood calling. A man that understood ministry. Knew that this man was stepping out of his ministry. And so he arose with other 80 valiant men, priests as well. And they challenged that king. And Bible says when that king, in the next verse, was going to be angry with them, leprosy broke forth from his forehead. And the man was leprous to the day of his death. Hallelujah. So here was a man that mattered. People might not have heard of him but the person that was writing the chronicles of when he was writing the records of that family he got to Azariah and he opened the brackets. He said this was the man of whom exploits we heard of. Why Solomon's temple was built and he was a priest there and he did something. Tell anybody you don't have an excuse. Say it's say it's meaningful you don't have an excuse. So now imagine uh, a wedding advert that reads Tola Buki, where the man is wrongly located in life, you know. He doesn't have understanding of the times. He started running around his sister when he should actually be busy with his academics. I'm not um, saying we should not be engaged. Amen. I, I can remember coming here to say, and it's the truth. You know, when I was wasting on God for, for this tenure and trusting God, one of the hagemonos or the benefits that, um, or the blessings, the hagemonos that God said about this tenure was that there was going to be a lot of people getting engaged. But not just any right relationships that will last. Amen. You can say that hallelujah of louder every minute. <laughs> Amen. And now that's not just to, I'm not, that's not to order you into what you're not prepared for. But it's just the truth because indeed my eyes are, my ears are full. I've heard lots of them. Um, and I'm always happy when I hear those testimonies. Amen. Just make sure MCs are aware. Hallelujah. For, 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 for reasons that uh, we understand sincerely. Love, bless our hearts in Jesus' name. So it's, it's very heavy on my heart when, um, when I was studying this, the, the story of this. I was actually studying the book of Judges when I stumbled on this man and some other known entities in that, in that book. There were lots of useless people in that book. There was another king that had 40 sons. He had 40 grandsons or, or uncles that were living with him. And all he did was he got one wife for each of his sons each, and he died. That was useless and stupid. Amen. He was just marrying wives for his sons. That means he has not even trained his sons to be man enough. They can't even go out and get a wife for them. So it was when I was, amen. Prestige without purpose. Power without, um, infl- I mean, understanding. Amen. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So guys, taller in the house. Not this taller, Real taller, and every other person in the house anyway. Let's come to that place where we, will, um, we are rightly located. And we understand the times and the seasons. We know when to go. In SSC 101, I could remember the material I was given. Part of the functions of the academic institution, they wrote it there. They said it's a marriage market. Hallelujah, and it's the truth. If you don't get it here, uh, getting it out there, I don't know. I've not been out there, but people out there like it's kind of more difficult to get. You know the. But I'm um, for understanding the times, and the seasons. Hallelujah. <sighs> so you may want to say that, um, like I said, um, isn't Tola still better because at least we don't know anything about him. But we know some things about some worse kings. Kings like Jair that had 30 sons and he bought 30 donkeys for them. Useless man, very useless man. People like. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Don't mind taking it personal with these people, but uh, it's just. It's, 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 it's heavy on my heart that, you know, there are people like that. And, and people like Abdon. That was the one that ruined after, after this man with 30 sons. That was Elon. After Elon, that was Abdon. And he had 40 sons, 30 grandsons. He also bought 70 donkeys for them. And he was marrying wives for his people. You know, that's, that's nonsense. And some other people. But the problem actually is not about them, those people. This is why we are particular about Tola's case, like I actually said. is because, you know, God hates God lukewarmness. Hallelujah. Let's open to Revelations. Revelations. Revelations chapter 3 talking about, um, I think, the church in was it Laodicea. It says, I know that verse 15, I know what you have done, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. You know, when you're actually a non-believer, God knows you are a non-believer. But when you've come into the kingdom, thank God for last thing. He'll seek you first, the kingdom. Now you're in the kingdom. God expects you to grow. But instead of you growing, you know, you're just dilly around and you're not stable. It's, it's, not the, it's not the best. It's not the best. Amen. But since you are one verse 16, and not hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That's God's word's version. Hallelujah. So God ate it when you are not here and you are not there. But the bottom line is that you don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. I'll tell you a short story that happened in my department. Sometimes before we went to the break. And it ministered to me. I was standing from afar. I was not part of what was going on. But I learned a lot from that. In my department, they group people together to do projects. So there was this group that was working together on their project. And one of them that had the key to the cupboard, where they keep their things, he traveled. The cupboard is in the lab. And the lady traveled, I think, without dropping the key. And the, the other members were around, three of them actually. And when the three of them got to the cupboard, they discovered, ah, the cupboard was locked. So one of them was like, ah. The cupboard is locked, and tomorrow we'll come and do it. Uh, that's, that's good. Let's have a nice day. And one said, no, no, now, nah, I'll come now. Let's, still, let's call her. Maybe she's already on her way, or maybe she dropped the key with someone. That's another category of persons, as it were. The three of them, I see them as representing different categories of people. One said, no, let's come tomorrow and do it. The other one said, no, nah, let's still call her. I've been trying her number, but it's not been going. But let's and call her again. And um, if she kept the key somewhere, we can go and get it there. Or if she's almost here, we can wait for her. And then the third person was not even listening to the two of them. He was looking up and down, walking up and down. He said, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for a stone. I'll break this cupboard now. Because <laughs> there is no excuse for failure. That was the exact statement he said. He said, because there is no excuse for failure. And I was just watching from, I was talking with someone. I had to pause at that time. I wasn't even listening to what the person that I was talking to was saying again. And I was engrossed in what they were doing. I was like, and indeed, that guy is one of the best students in class. Now I, I understood one of his secrets. He could not just take procrastination. He had planned it that today. I'm coming to do this test. I'm going to do this one and that one. And this part of the project is gone. And then you are saying someone kept the key. So we'll break the clock. Quarter, quarter, we buy another one. Hallelujah. And that was, that was the mindset he had. It's all about um, your attitude. Those ones, those other guys, you know, the one that was saying he was calling, the number wasn't going through. He was trying, but at least there's still a deeper level. Why not break it indeed? Praise the Lord. And there was one that was just immediately got there. I was even my... I was like, what's the point? Come back tomorrow. Procrastination is death. Tell you but procrastination is death. And that's one of the reasons why we have um, the tollas that we have around. tollas saw that rest was good and that the land was pleasant. He left the land of Issachar. He went to dwell in Ephraim. And while dwelling in Ephraim, he didn't do anything for 23 years. He came, he saw, and he did nothing, and he died. Hallelujah. That's a purposeless life. Very, very purposeless. So there's no excuse for failure. There's no excuse for failure. You know, there's just no excuse for the things we do. And I'll tell you why. Very many of the wrong things that we do, there is we actually have no excuse for them. The F you had, you had no excuse to have an F. Hallelujah. I was somewhere yesterday and, you know, we were asking some people why they came late to all meetings. And everybody seemed to have, why they came late or didn't go. And everybody seemed to have a reason. Hallelujah. But there's just no excuse for your failures. Amen. You are failed. You are failed. Because you chose to fail. Amen. Because you chose to fail. Because what you think was what you thought was your excuse. You discovered that somebody else was in your shoes and he still performed. Look what I'm talking about. You, you, you might be like, I didn't have money to buy some materials and all that. There are poorer guys than you in your class. And they still pass that course. Hallelujah. You just don't have an excuse. Tell anybody, thou art inexcusable. Thou art inexcusable. Amen. Now I want to ask. Why, why? Why did you why did you commit adultery and you'll be like ah, i i didn't mean to actually I, I i went to the ladies room and and somehow everybody was just going out and going out it was just me and Ada was left in the room and she too she was looking at me one kind with kind one kind <laughs> hallelujah you chose to commit adultery that's just it why did you kill that man you know many people we've killed people and we didn't know with the words of our mouth hallelujah why did you kill him? And you are like, ah, I, I was browsing last week and I saw a email in my, in my email address and the man said that he are, he's going to kill me in, in, in the next two weeks. And I was like, before he kills me, let me kill him. Is that an excuse? Self-defense. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I got a call recently from one of us um, on the day we were meant to play Anglo FC versus Awe And just as the match was about to start, I was meant to be the referee. I just got that call and the lady was like, ah, pastor and i was still ah, you're the first caller today i'm happy and things like that she was, uh, she was almost crying i was like she said She said someone called her dad and said um, he has been assigned to kill her dad in three days time and that th- that the third day was actually the day she was it, and she was crying and i was like ah, your dad i first of all laughed <laughs> and then i spoke and spoke because i said i'll get back to you and there's no reason to be afraid she said she was coming and when you come around come and see me and talk and all that so I went, I, I played, that doesn't stop the match. I played, I mean, I raved Abby, and I raved fairly. Abby, yeah, I did a good job that day now. Amen. I didn't side because I was in fudge. I didn't side those, win, those that were in fudge. But we won. Because pastor is in fudge, we must win. We have, no, we have no choice. Hallelujah. We won three goals to one. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's, that's just there. But the minute after the match, you know, I stayed around, and I was just waiting on God, and God gave me a word. And I, 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 I sent a text to her. And when she came around, I talked to her, we prayed, and that was it. Hallelujah. You can't just die when it's not your time. Amen. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you what? My salvation. Hallelujah. So, you, you live your days to the full. Amen. So, you have no excuse. Don't kill someone because But I know many of us are not murderers. But something that is very close to that is what you say about people. You've killed many people with your words and you never know. Of which many times again, you don't even have genuine information. One sock way and then you just start spreading the one away and somebody somewhere is being hurt badly. Watch your words. Hallelujah. Tell anybody say, watch your words. Now, you know, I would say in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, a a verse I like so much. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses. That's amplified. Who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Hallelujah. That statement is so understandable and plain. He was tempted in every respect as we are. KJV says, in every way as we are, yet without sinning. Whatever temptation you could think you have, Jesus had it. It's only that everything Jesus did was not on record. Hallelujah. Whatever temptation you could think you have, Bible says he was made sin for us. So whatever kind of sin you could want to talk about, he had something like an experience of it. Praise the Lord. He, he knew what it feels like, you know, to be tempted to sin. He knew it. I used to tell people, he was once alone in the room with Mary and Martha. He didn't commit adultery. Hallelujah. At least no other person was there. In fact, at the time, Martha was in the kitchen. Mary was only the only one in the sitting room. Jesus could have done anything there now. Hallelujah. And Mary was even sitting. He was standing. He could have been seeing what he shouldn't see. Hallelujah. The Lord bless our hearts in Jesus' name. And he still did not sin. He knew the people that were going to kill him. He knew them. He still did not murder them. In fact, when Peter was so, you know, he was so kind of zealous and he cut off one of them's yes, ears, Jesus still put it back in place. Hallelujah. He was tempted in every way as we are, just without sin. And the Bible says that with every temptation, God will tempt no man, but he will, with every temptation, make a way of escape with every temptation there's always a way of escape but the closer you walk with him the more you grow with him the more you are sensitive to see the way of escape and I've always applied that to this scripture in Deuteronomy 27 that says the enemy will come in a way and will flee in seven ways and I've applied that to me that there are always at least seven ways of escape for every temptation you face because the temptation is that the enemy is coming to you there are at least seven ways it's either you run out of that room or I'm particularly about adultery, I don't know why, or fornication, I don't know. That you run out of that room, or you, <laughs> you scabash over that sister and deliver. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are always ways. Amen. There are, al- there are always ways. There are always ways. These things happen by a trend or via a trend. Amen. I once saw a cartoon of a man. I think he has been advised not to eat chocolate again or something like that chocolate, all these chocolate dragons that this when you both take. Candy, yeah, candy. He been advised not to take candy again, I think by the doctor. And he told himself, ah, today, I'm not going to take candy. And, you know, he was, he was actually feeling like taking candy. In the next frame, he said to himself, I won't go to that candy shop. I will just pass in front of the shop. I won't branch in the shop. And then the next phrase, you know, he got in front of the shop. He said, okay, I went at the shop. But I won't go to the places where they put candy. I'll go to other places. You know, he entered. And the next frame, he said, no. I'll go to that place where they put candy. But I won't let look at it. I will not touch it. And then he went. And the next frame, he said, okay, I won't let touch it. I won't smell it. <laughs> and the next frame, he said, okay, I won't let smell it. I won't buy it. And then the next one, I won't let buy it. I won't eat it. <laughs> but eventually, I can be sure he ate and ate and ate. Hallelujah. Because he couldn't. From the onset, from the onset, from the time when the whole issue of candy was going through his mind, he should have subjected that thought and held it captive in obedience to the, to the word of God or to the word of the doctor in his case. Hallelujah. Bible says casting down every imagination, Second Corinthians ten five, and taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Hallelujah. I believe you've gotten something tonight. I'm today. Hallelujah. Um, let's rise to our feet. We'll take some two verses some two verses and, and we we'll round up. There are still some things I want to say but my time is actually up and I want us to round up this service quite earlier today. We've been overshooting many times. We should not overshoot today. There are no balloons today. Maybe I will have seen the kind of heart some people had but there are no balloons today. Amen. But I want to believe your heart is not like the balloons that everything has exploded last week. Get these words and let them sink deep into your heart. Ask your neighbor, are you a taller? Or are you a bookie? Or are you none of the above? Or all of the above. But I'm very sure there must never be anybody that will say is one one or of the above. No. You can't afford to be a worm. I can't afford to be a wastage. Wastage. Can I can you even, even imagine the name? I wonder why those people give themselves some funny names sometimes and they affect the things they do. Probably the bookie was meant to have been someone that would be very every time I'm saying bookie, I'm remembering bookies. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, wastage. And many ladies, you know, they are just embodiments of wastages. The brother will just keep bringing and just keep wasting and just keep calling, I need this one, I need that one. I know there are no sisters. We are not breeding sisters like that in Tax One. Hallelujah. Tax One sisters are very wonderful people. Hallelujah. I can say that again and again. I wonder, those brothers that are engaged with sisters outside of Tax One, I wonder. But maybe it's because of the perfect will of God. Um, it's understandable. But they have, I look at all these lovely faces. What do you think, brothers? Bless God. Amen. I've not seen anything. (laughs) You know, the other time that the the second was saying we didn't close our eyes, I was asking my other, How did you know you two didn't close your eyes? (laughs) Hallelujah! But, (laughs) but really, really, amen, amen. But really, the Bible never said we should close our eyes when we pray, does it? I I really don't think so. It's just for you to be able to concentrate. So, it's not, it doesn't matter as far as you're not talking when you're opening your eyes, you are still in spirit. Praise the Lord, amen. Now that's okay. I say we're going to open two verses. Let's open Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. We read verse three. Second Peter chapter one. We read verse three. If you are blessed tonight, I mean today, say praise the Lord. Okay. If you are blessed today, say Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. The Holy Spirit always has a way of saying the other part that you wanted to say and you couldn't say. I'm still seeing some slides here that I've not and I won't touch it. Let's just go to the conclusion. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I'll read from here from the Amplified. Just follow along. It says, for his divine power is, capital H, that's talking about God's, for God's divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by unto his own glory. Who called us by his own glory and to his own glory and excellence and virtue. I'll take it again. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life. Everything you need to live life. When I say life, I'm talking of Zoe, the God kind of life. Hallelujah. Everything, everything for life and godliness, being like God, everything he has given, he has bestowed them on us. Through what? How did he do that? the full personal knowledge of him thank god for the vision we are running with That's, i mean growing in grace and in the knowledge of the son of god now the knowledge is personal and the knowledge is meant to be full amen a full personal knowledge by the time you grow indeed and you come to that point where you are so hungry for the word of god you are so hungry for the presence of god you continually want to dwell Hallelujah. You continually want to dwell with God, you know, abiding in his presence. He said, then you will tap into those blessings of those things. He has made this provision. That's why I said you have no excuse. The only excuse you could have is you choose not to grow personally in the knowledge of God to the extent of drawing from all those virtues. virtues, And he has called you to his own glory. He has called you by his own glory and excellence. Hallelujah. Say it again to your neighbor. You don't have an excuse. John chapter 1 verse 16. Lastly. Lastly. John chapter 1 verse 16. is for how t- are we there? If you are not there, say wait for me. <laughs> Someone said, don't wait for me. Pastor Shion, you are looking nice. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I can see lots of people looking nice today, actually. Let me start that one. For out of his fullness, verse 16. Okay, let's read it together. For out of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Amen. Let me read it from the Amplified. It says, For out of his fullness and abundance we have all received, we have all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor. And gifts heaped upon gifts. Hallelujah. Grace after, one grace after another. Today you have the grace to wake up early and come for a prayer structure. Now you are getting somewhere. You are growing. And then tomorrow you know the grace now comes to visit female hostels Because you have not been able to go before. Hallelujah. And then day after tomorrow the grace now comes to be able to consistently read the Bible every day. And then sometimes the grace now comes for you to be able to, you know, see each day as being incomplete until you have touched the life. Not just only at Christmas, but even every day. Hallelujah. And then sometimes the grace now comes for you to be able to be consistent with your book. You want to read all the things you did each day before you sleep. And then the grace now comes for you to be able to come and pray for, for, for two hours, thereabouts. And then over time, you know, you grow four hours, seven hours. Hallelujah. Amen. And then sometimes later, the grace now comes for you to be able to regularly pay your tithes, to regularly give offerings. You know, some people still come to church and thank God for tax when we give envelopes. So even if you give an envelope, empty envelope back, nobody will know. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the grace now comes for you to be able to give. I thank God for that Bible study on giving. You know, since then, I've, I've, I've had a new disposition to giving. And I've also received a lot from tax for night. Just yesterday, I received three gifts from three different people. Hallelujah. That I never expected. And that shows that the word of God is doing what is, is doing what is meant to do. Hallelujah. I won't tell you the gift so that you won't come to my room. <laughs> Hallelujah. <sighs> one grace after another. And one spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Even favor upon favor. All of them comes from his fullness. Out of his fullness. That's why that's, that Peter was talking about. A full personal knowledge of him. Praise the Lord. I just trust God to, you know, shed more light upon these words in our hearts, and then uh, take us to that place where He wants us to get to. Hallelujah, and make us, um, and make us, you know, not strollers and bookies, worms and wastages, but people that understood the purpose of God for their life, you know, and they are living like that. Amen. Amen. We we'll just take a prayer, we we'll take a song, and then um, we we'll take a prayer, and then, um, Jane, please come and help me with this. Hallelujah. The song says Mumilo Fo Gore. Yoko mi, Mumilo Fogure. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, sir. So Praise you. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Mumilo. Thank you, Father. Mumilow. Mumilo Fogore. Oh, meu oh, E a preta, a preta, a